0: Hello everybody, I'm Matt McCucci and you are listening to the Jazz Ace Podcast. everybody, Jazz A's online editor Matt Micucci here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today. A series that we simply like to call The Jazz A's Podcast. And it's brought to you in conjunction with Jazz A's Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz A's editors and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike in today's episode of the jazz a's podcast we're speaking with the exceptionally talented french board pianist and composer dimitri Londrain. join us as we explore his latest trio recording Astor's place a mesmerizing homage to influential artists like astor piazzola and antonio carlos jobim among many others that showcases his compositional prowess in a trio setting Londrain also shares insights into his art and delves into the significance of collaboration in his musical ventures. Our discussion also uncovers pivotal moments from his time at the Berklee College of Music in Boston and his memorable experiences as a band leader on a cruise ship that shaped the unique path of his musical journey. So fire up on Audiotini and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. This is the Jazz A's Podcast. Hello, Dimitri, welcome to the Jazz is Podcast.
1: Hey Matt, thank you for having me today. Very excited to be with you.
0: This is excellent. I'm very excited to be speaking with you. And uh, the way that we like to start these podcasts, Dimitri, is I like to ask the artists that I speak with to share a memory with me from early life or childhood that when they think back to it, they realize, maybe that's where my passion for music started that's when i awakened to the beauty and power of music and that's also maybe when i started thinking that i'd like to become a musician when i grew up now do you have one such memory that you could share with us at this time
1: i do have one actually uh i i grew up uh I, I started playing piano at a very young age, and I and I learned classical music at first. But my father was always a uh, jazz uh, aficionado, and I remember him playing uh, a lot of CDs of uh, a lot of I say CD was probably Vanilla, a lot of Vanilla of Bill Evans, uh, and I uh, I think uh, I listened to to them when I was when I was a teen, and and I think the first time I heard him, I was like, wow, that's something different, like. The music sounded like nothing else. His touch was incredible. And it, it was really an inspirational pianist for me.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the name of Bill Evans comes up a lot in these conversations. He really was a hugely influential artist. What, what do you think it is that makes his music so timeless and so influential to this day?
1: You know, I think he really uh, branched out uh, in in jazz by... The, by uh, by maybe dipping more into European tradition or uh, to me, there was always like different school of piano jazz. You know, there was the, the, the bebop with Bud Powell and Monk and, and there was maybe more the the jazz blues swing with Oscar Peterson and, and Bill really created his own path. that was very lyrical with free form improvisation. And, and I think uh, he opened a path for pianists like Keith Jarrett, Brian Meldo, and it, it was really remarkable. His touch, his attention to to his touch was incredible. I think you, you hear him and right away, you know, it's Bill. Do you
0: recognize uh, some of uh, that, uh, what, what Bill did with his music in your own journey, uh, in your own path to creating or to coming up with your sound?
1: that that would be amazing if somehow I internalized some of some of his sound but but he was definitely an influence i mean I think only the fact that i'm i'm very I'm very aware of trying to to produce a a nice sound when i play you know i i think uh, i think only only that awareness definitely yeah uh, definitely influenced me
0: was it always the piano for you right from the beginning when you started playing music
1: it was so I'm from France and and in France uh, uh, um, they start uh, having you doing solfege you know and then you start playing flute or something like that so so I did that like I'm, by flute I mean the recorder and then I started playing the piano and yeah it was uh, it was always the piano actually I I did like a little bit of trombone at one point, but uh but yeah, it was always a piano i mean there is so much uh, so much uh, style you can do with a the piano there is so much thing you can do that i i feel uh, I feel there is so much thing to discover as well, so the the piano is is great for that.
0: And uh, another thing that I like to ask is uh, about improvisation, uh, whether you remember it being easy to you right from the start, or was it kind of a challenge for you to overcome?
1: You know, actually, I think that's what really drew me to jazz because I was playing classical music. So I was just reading, reading, but it got so liberating when I started like learning songs from different repertoire and learning about chord and and I think i went I came to jazz uh, I was kind of like improvising things on my own I was not necessarily an uh, anchor in the jazz vocabulary, but I was doing some free improvisation and and it it came it did come naturally to me. What was what's harder to do is when I got to the States. You've got so many of those. Those uh, horns players, piano players, that have totally uh, absorbed the bebop tradition and the language, and that I had a lot of work to do, and I'm still doing it. Uh, I live in New York. I still still go to go to club and and, and trying to absorb, you know, all uh, all that language. But improvisation came naturally to me at first,
0: right? And you, okay, so you're currently based in New York, New York City. Uh, but you are originally from France and uh, that's where you cut your teeth. You cut your teeth. You got experience as a teenager in Paris. What was that scene like? Uh, and do you carry some of that influence with you to this day of what you learned in your early days in Paris?
1: You know, I don't even know, actually, because also I started playing fairly young and I was doing like like gig in a, in a, in a restaurant or bar or playing with different orchestra uh, i I really decided to become a professional musician later in 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 life so when I say later in life I mean that, uh, around like uh, Age 1920, you know, and then I, I got the chance to, to get a scholarship to go to Berkeley of, uh, Berkeley School of Music in Boston. And that was really formative. That's really what gave me, uh, um, gave me, um, a, a strong, uh, musician background. But also, and that might sound weird, but after one year of college, I got the opportunity to go and work on a cruise line. And I was working in a in a show band, and I played so much music in there. And those years were really formative. Playing every night uh, with a band, it, it's great, even if I was not only playing jazz.
0: Well, that goes uh, with something that I like to bring up: is travel broadens the mind. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes. Yeah. Also, oh, the the, my, the travel that yeah, that was so fantastic. You know, it was absolutely. Absolutely amazing! I was lucky to go to go everywhere in my life, and, and that was actually kind of what uh, was the seed for 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 the concept of the album. You know, just uh, trying to remember all my travel and how the music influenced me, and co- writing composition in in some of this style. You know, it it was it was really fun.
0: The track you are hearing is from Astor's Place, the latest album by Dimitri Londrain, available now on Soho. And we'll resume our conversation with the artist in a moment. But first, I wanted to remind you that if you love jazz and vinyl, you should check out Jazz A's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz Is editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz A's, jazzaise.com and these Jazz Is podcasts. Go to jazzaise.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. But now... Back to our conversation with Dimitri Londrain. So let's talk about the album a little more Aster's place. Uh, yeah. And so you talked about uh, all of those experiences, trying to remember all of those experiences of being, uh, you know, of traveling and encountering all of this music. Uh, but first of all, I also wanted to ask you, this is a trio recording, essentially. Was it, what is it about the classic piano trio setting that you like that inspires you as a musician and as a composer?
1: Well, it's kind of the first thing that brought me to, to, to jazz, uh, like the Bill Evans trio, you know, with a classic bass drum trio. Oh, I mean, Oscar Peterson had uh, had a similar thing. He did it a lot with guitar, but he had uh, he had uh, a classic trio as well. And, but Powell, it's just, uh, it's just, there's some, some unit uh, that you can create so much, you know, and, and, And you can arrange a lot for a trio, but at the same time, there is a lot of freedom. So it's very, very flexible. And when you find the perfect musician for for the music you want to play, it's uh, everything falls into place. You know, it's really little unit.
0: You know, another thing that I wanted to ask you, the title of this record refers to the great tango master, Astor Piazzolla. Was he a, another major inspiration for you as far as this record is concerned, but also just in general?
1: Uh, I don't necessarily think he was a, a major inspiration for me, but but the first time I heard him and every time I listened to him, I, I feel very close to, to his music. I think uh, similarly to, to jazz, there is, a, there is a lot of improvisation in, in tango, but I think what uh, resonated to me is it really is anchoring a, a more classical music tradition, you know, and, and uh, I feel very close to, to, that, to, to that tradition. And it's so, it's, there's so much uh, lyricism in, in his music, so much passion, and that I can, I can really relate to.
0: So getting into it a bit more for anyone who has not uh, listened to the album yet, what other styles did you experiment with and incorporate within these compositions that uh, you could talk about a little bit?
1: So, so that's a great question. Uh, funny enough, like, I, had a, I had a concept uh, of uh, what will be the style of, uh, of every song. And then I brought it to the trio and I remember I thought the song was would really work as a, as a, as a, as a tango and the drummer kiss, like play a little bit around it with me. And I was like, Oh no, no, that's not a tango too bad. Because the, the name of the song was tango number two, but so I had to, to change it. But, but I, so the, the band, I had, a, I had some specific idea for for some of the songs. Some was a, a samba, some was more influenced by the music of the Afro-Cuban music, you know, the music from Cuba that a lot of people are familiar through the Buena Vista Club, uh, uh, so that some old bolero and some rumba, but uh, then when I brought it to the band, I was like, this is, this is kind of what I have to start with, but then Let's, let's do our thing, you know. So the, the style were, were a point of reference at first, but I didn't want to have the band being like stuck in, in a, in a specific style, you know. And those guys are great for that. They, they are amazing musicians and they have a, a will of knowledge of music. And it was really easy to, to have them moving from one style to another style within a song. They did a fantastic job.
0: So it sounds like for you, you know, working within a band or, you know, playing with a band, collaboration is important.
1: Yeah, that's a beauty. I, that's a beauty about the trio, you know, and even if it's a very uh, South American and Central American base as far as the flavor of the song, it still functions very much as a jazz trio. Where I I bring I have the song written with maybe a couple of hits, but but yeah, I play it one time to them on piano, and then we're like, okay, let's see let's see what's going on, and then it's really functioning in a in a jazz trio in the sense that we play the intro, we play the melody, then we improvise on it, and then. We're
0: going back to this idea of trying to go back and revisit some of the memories and some of the experiences and fascinating places that you visited in the past as inspiration to write music. So, are, are some of these tracks linked to specific memories or stories from the time that you can share with us, maybe?
1: They are, they definitely are. Um, first, uh, it took me a while to come up with the concept of the album. I know I didn't want to record uh, uh, another standard album and meaning with uh, with like old American soundbook. Not not that I, there is really some value in it, but I felt oh let's try something different and see what I come up with. So it took took a long time, and and then I got the idea of um, of. Um, just thinking of my travel and uh, and what inspired me one of uh, the track in the album is called uh, o Carnival and that's obviously a a tribute to to the music of Brazil and to the carnival and that I have like a really specific memory about that when I was seventeen years old, my father's best friend uh, um, was dating a Brazilian and she was like Let's go to Brazil next year. Let's go to the carnival. I invite you. I that was the biggest travel of, of my life. I mean, I come from a middle class family, and I was like, "What? We are going to go on the other side of the world?" And so we went to Brazil during during the carnival. We went to Sao Paulo, and uh, and then uh, and so everyone uh, everyone dancing and and. And then we went to Rio the same day in the same bedroom And that was really, I think, what inspired that track. Two years, a hundred of Turkish players playing those relentless rhythm. And, uh, and it really left a vivid, uh, vivid memory. I know it's tough to recreate in trio. But, uh, but that's kind of, uh, that's what I had in mind. Like when, when we're in the chorus of the song, I kind of nearly could hear the song going, Oh, carnival. I, it's, yeah, that's that's the story of one of the songs.
0: While we're on the topic of travel, Dimitri, what is your touring schedule like over the next while? What And, and also while we're at it, what is the best way for people to keep up with all you know the live dates and also upcoming projects.
1: I have an Instagram account actually, Dimitri Landrain, where I post uh, all, uh, all, uh, all the times. There, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm redoing my website. Like this is like like every musician, you always redo your website. So my my website should be up, uh, and uh, also uh, the label is released to. Uh, so, sorry, the so CD is released to. Uh, so, um, uh, music. So, so as well as like some information, I'm uh, mainly right now, actually I'm doing uh, most of my gig in New York uh, and, uh, and this summer I'll have some like, and uh, I will have some date but I'm still trying to figure data and probably a couple in Europe and a couple in the States. But I played, uh, I played on a regular basis in New York every week. Uh, uh, um, And most of the time, I play like jazz in New York, but I also here and there like play the tune and, and play with that trio, which is great.
0: Excellent, Dimitri. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. enjoyed my conversation with Dimitri Londrain and I remind you that his new album Aster's Place is available now. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition colour vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzaz.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. And as music from Aster's Place by Dimitri Londrain plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz A's podcasts, our print magazine and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzaise.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt McCoochie signing off. See you soon.